You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. This week's guest was famous for being Cork's All-Ireland winning camogie captain and multiple All-Star. But she gave it all up at her peak to pursue life's journey and she is now a qualified mental and lifestyle coach, helping others make themselves better. Today is Anna Geary's story, but also her insights and advice for living your life to the full. Anna Geary, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thank you, Carl. Delighted to be here. How's it going? I'm delighted. I'm, I'm, do you know what? It's funny actually because normally I'm listening to this on my probably on my journey normally to Cork or working somewhere. So it's nice to actually be on it and maybe be able to give my two cents and hopefully people like what they hear. I'm, listen, I'm sure they will. So people know you from Ireland's Fittest Family, yes. Dancing with Stars. Um, tell us a little bit about you before all of that. I want to find, I want to get to the sports you before we even get even near the TV stuff. So tell us about your, what you've done in sports. I know it, but let's, let's inform the listeners a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's quite funny actually because I played for 12 years at Top Intercounty Level with Cork and yet people will still come up to me in the shop and say, I saw you on the dancing <laughs> stairs. So it's like, what, you know, the camogie, what about that as well? So, you know, I suppose, you know, how you're, how you're identified kind of evolves and like you said, for years, camogie was, was the thing that I was identified most with. I started back playing with Cork Camogie, you, you like in my teenage years, and we'll say when and my leaving cert year then came onto the the senior panel, which was like a dream come true. I was like, no, I was very study orientated, but I was like, this is like this was my dream because when I started out playing Camogie, I wasn't very good. And really? I can't, no, I don't, I oh no, don't I mean, and that. I mean that now. I will I will lay it down straight for you. I was the girl that people say, give her time. Nobody go at her now. Give her time to just rise the ball. And it wasn't actually until I hit my teens that I started getting confidence in myself. And now, years later, I kind of trace me back thinking, well, what was it that I, you know, was kind of made me a, quite a nervous player? And I think I was so afraid to make mistakes because I knew like the skills and things I had learned, but I was so afraid. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to make any mistakes. And I went into secondary school and I had a really good um, teacher. Now, my, my trainers at home were brilliant and my parents were always really encouraging. But this teacher, Vincent Harrington, shout out if you're listening, he just was like, don't worry about making mistakes, you know, because everybody makes mistakes. And even the greatest sports people in the world would consistently make mistakes. So I started worrying less about that. And then I found the less I worried about making mistakes, the more I enjoyed it. And then like for a lot of people, the more you enjoy something, the better you become at it. Of course. So, yeah. And even now to this day, I, I don't fear failure. Um, as much as I probably should. <laughs> but it's good because then when I make mistakes, I kind of think, oh, but you know, everybody makes them. It's all right. Mm-hmm. It's about kind of the next, you know, the next ball, the next thing that you do and focusing on that. So thankfully, my career, it, it helped me a lot in my career then. I went on and um, had 12 years playing with Cork, won four All-Irelands with them. Four All-Irelands. Yeah, you we said won. that really quick. Let's just take a moment <laughs> for a minute there now. You four All-Irelands, yeah, not just one. Four with Cork, we won, I think, four leagues, eight monster titles. I won three club All-Irelands with Milford, which, you know, for my club, we're a very small rural community in North Cork. Everybody knows everybody. And winning three club All-Irelands with them was probably just as special because I had grown up with these girls and I can still remember the very first club All-Ireland Um it took us 10 years to win our first county title. We had, you know, we were kind of the bridesmaids. You know, we were always nearly there, but, you know, never quite fully the bride. So when we made our first breakthrough, that year we won the county. And I remember our manager, he was only new in, and he said, right, this is the first step in winning the Club All-Ireland. And we thought, what is he smoking? This guy is crazy. 
but he kind of he started this positive reinforcement no but you can this is just one step in in the way to win the club all Ireland and when we walked around in in the parade in Croke Park for the very first club all Ireland that we were in just looking into the stand and knowing all the faces it, that was just it's a, it's a memory I'll never forget because with Cork you obviously you know a lot of the supporters but you don't know everybody because Cork is a vast county but when it's your club you know everybody. You're like, oh, there's the woman that makes the sandwiches. And I've there's always wondered that because when when you when you if you're there, if you're looking enough to be there at Croker on uh, on mm. final day or you're watching on television, and you see them walking around, you always wonder, can they actually see people? Yeah, well, I did. I think <laughs> that you know what, as the years went on, I started to more embrace the occasion more. When I was younger, I suppose, and the nerves would be getting to you, and you'd be trying to almost go into the zone that people talk about and just getting yourself focused. Whereas, as was more Ireland's I was in in Croke Park, the more I started to realise this could be the last one you're ever in. So make the most of it. And I started using the nerves and using the occasion nearly to, to, to kind of to my benefit. So I started embracing it and saying, you know, you've worked so hard to be here. And, you know, you'd be seeing banners maybe with your name on them or you'd be, you might even see somebody that you recognise. And it gave you a lift because... You know, for me, I think when people say, oh, don't worry about the, the occasion, you know, just focus on what you need to do. That's grand to a point. But, you know, occasions sometimes bring extra pressure. So if you're not prepared for that pressure, then you can't just ignore it. It can actually get the better of you. Whereas if you prepare yourself for it and you know it's there, it's like exams, you know you're going to be nervous. So then it's about, well, how do I channel those nerves in the right possible way? And for me, I think it was kind of about nearly taking all the, you know, the energy from the crowd and nearly trying to use it then when you're running for that first ball. So what happens when all that ends? I'm fascinated by people who play sport at a really high level. Uh, I've never really done it. I played for senior cup teams, but I was like the loose head prop. I was always the last running pitch. So like when when it all goes away, so you play your last one, you go out of Croke Park for the last time or you, you know, from training with your club for the last time. Mm. And then there's this big, vast openness of time in your life. How do, you, how do you handle that? Yeah, or how did you handle it? It's, yeah, it's a very tough question. I think for me at the time, I was quite lucky. When I retired from Cork back in 2015, um, it took a lot of people by surprise. I was only 27. Um, and for me, I'd played 12 years and I was still relatively young to be retiring from Intercounty. And it was still to this day one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult thing I've ever done. And why did you retire at 27? Ultimately, I think, you know, life is about choices and you have to make hard choices sometimes. And I had I had loved playing McQuark and every season I'd never worried about, you know, pre-season and going out in the wind and the rain and the muck because I'd always look forward to it and I always felt it was such a privilege to be a part of that setup because so many other, hundreds of other girls would lo have loved it. But when we won the All-Ireland in 2014 and I was captain, at the time I didn't know that was going to be my last time in Croke Park in a Cork jersey. But that winter, I just started to think more about my career and where I wanted to go and and again, it, it never had dawned on me because up until that point, the fulcrum, like I suppose, had been, of my life had been Camogie and I built everything else around it. Relationships, my job. I had to get a job that catered for nine to five, Monday to Friday, no weekends, no evenings. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, not, they're not that easy to find. But everything did centre around Camogie. And I felt then that, I suppose, my priorities were starting to change. And I'm the type of person that if I'm in something, I'm all in it. And I started to think more about going back maybe to college and studying. And, you know, like any job, if you move into a new career, you're at the bottom of the ladder. So you might have to do the unsociable hours and do the jobs mm -hmm. that other people don't want to do. So you get them. And I felt, OK, if, if I have to do that in a new career and I can't give that 100% commitment to Cork, 
then I'm not prepared to be the player that misses the odd training. Because for me, my own confidence, I knew would have suffered as a player. I knew when I stepped onto a pitch and you were playing at such a high level and the, the opponent that you were marking, there was no guarantees you were going to get the better for on a good day. Not to mind if you felt you hadn't 100% given the commitment that you needed to give. So, you know, for me, I felt this was such a privilege and such a massive part of my life. Now this is somebody else's turn to give 100%. Because nothing else than 100% in my view, um, you know, counts really at that level. You have to give everything. Um, and I think it was hard in the years afterwards, particularly I think that year in, um, I was on the Sunday game the following September and it was the, you know, I'd only retired mm-hmm. a few months previous. I'm watching the girls, my friends, girls I'd grown up with running out in Croke Park. You know, it did leave a little bit of a, a twang. You know, I felt my stomach tightening a little bit because like anybody, when you walk away from something that, that it means a lot to you, it can be hard. But ultimately I knew that well, they've put in all those countless hours of training and I haven't, so they deserve to be there. Whereas now, you're trying to work on something new, something fresh. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky that I had that to distract me because I think for a lot of sports people or anybody that's working in something that's consumed your life for so long, once you step away from it, it can leave a massive gap. And you can nearly have an identity crisis as well Mm -hmm. because, like I said, you were known for years. I was known for years as Anagiri, the Cork Camogie player. And then suddenly I was just Anagiri. It's like, well... What, what am I now? Like, what am I, what's the biggest thing? And I think what I learned as well was my own kind of my own identity and my own self-worth should never really be linked to achievement, you know, to All-Ireland medals or, you know, being captain. Because if that's taken away from you, then then all of a sudden you're like, well, what is my self-worth about now? Like, what is my identity about? So thankfully, I had other things to fill that void. And I didn't really identify myself as, you know, Anagiri with X amount of All-Irelands or Anagiri. To me, I was always Anagiri. So I was lucky that I was able to pull back from that. But I think sometimes with, with athletes, professional athletes, when that's all that's ever talked about, if they attach, you know, their their who they are as a person to what they've achieved, then if you're not achieving that anymore, then your kind of your self worth can can get a little bit diluted, and you don't really know where you're going. So you're a planner. Oh yes, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so people... you basically plan for retirement <laughs> and plan to fill the void with another something, which would become all encompassing. Yeah. Well, you know what? In the space of two weeks, I am a I am a planner and I'm very organised and I write lists about lists. <laughs> <laughs> but that was quite the most impulsive time of my life from the point of view that in the space of two weeks, I retired from Cork. I left my job. Um, I was in a corporate environment for seven years. Very, very good career. Just I felt that it wasn't a very good career for me long term and moved to Dublin. So they were all, like those three decisions were made in, in the space of two weeks. I think my mother at the time thought I was going through some sort of late 20s crisis. It's like, oh, there's so much change. But I kind of felt that I was in a position to be able to do that. You know, fa- thankfully, I had no mortgage or no children to be worrying about. I was just making the decisions for me. Um, so I hadn't really planned, I suppose, how it was going to look. When I left my job, there was no plan B. I didn't know how it was going to look like. I was like, I'll just go up to Dublin and I knew I kind of wanted to pursue the area of, of media because it was something I'd always wanted to do. I had gone back to college the previous March and I started qualifying to be a performance and lifestyle coach. Um, and my dad often um, jokes at me. Well, you know, I think he's being serious, but I take it as a joke. He says, but well, if you hadn't started that bloody course, you still could be playing with Cork <laughs> because what the course forced me to do as a coach was reevaluate what was important to me. And I felt that, you know, having a, a unique kind of stamp in my career in some way, shape or form was really important. And I, you know, in that in that moment when I was thinking about it, I felt, well, right now, 
I'm, you know, I'm not really fulfilled in my role and in my job. And like, that's kind of a hard thing to admit because I don't think I admit that to a lot of people. I've only started to kind of admit that to myself this year, three years later, that I didn't feel fulfilled in my job and my career. And when I started to think about what was important, I was like, you know, having an impact on people or, or on something was really important for me as part of my career. And I didn't feel I was able to do that in the career. I was in marketing and, you know, I was in, at a desk and I was doing a lot of you know, work, but I didn't feel creatively or my personality was coming across and I was like I love working with people and love the energy that comes from working with people so I felt maybe try a job that will will have you directly dealing with people you know on a daily basis and maybe getting your personality out more. Folks you're listening to The Real Health Podcast with me Carl Henry in association with Leia Healthcare as ever if you have any questions you can email us it's realhealth at independent.ie we do our questions episode every couple of weeks so uh, send those questions in. Um it's been fascinating so far getting to know you a little bit. I love this when people come in because it's lovely to get to know them even better. And we've met a couple mm. of times. We've worked together a few times. Um, and it's great for our listeners to get to know you. Now I want to pick your brains. Right. Any guests that we bring in, we try and get content and tips out of them and kind of, you know, the, the, the really important stuff so that our listeners can benefit from it. Mm -hmm. um, with yourself, I kind of, I wanted the healthy and successful living tips that you've learned from, I've got one already from what we talked about, which is that, that, don't fear failure. That has mm. to be up there because yeah. you've it's been reoccurring in every part of your life so mm. far that you've made the leap and not been afraid to. So I'm going to ask you for your five kind of top tips for people listening in, relevant of fitness levels, that over the course of your career, which has been phenomenal mm. to date, and anything that you've done, you've achieved, and you're you know phenomenally. I failed a lot too. <laughs> well, you see, you know, I, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't fear failure. I've made lots of mistakes, mm. bucket loads of them. Um, Dara and my Gav, my producer, my sound uh, guy, will tell you when the first one we did of this. I still make loads of mistakes today. I've made one or two already. I can hear, I can hear them earlier <laughs> on. But you know, it, that's all. It's the learning yeah. curve. Um, so I'm gonna for the for people listening in, what would you, what what would you say? That's probably got got to be the first one. Yeah. Um. The, I suppose I mean there's so many things you could say, but like you said, it's about being practical. Because what I would say to people is there people now like so many so many different outlets of information. You can nearly become overwhelmed of what you're being told to do. But it's like, well, how do I do it? You know, it's not just always about the what. It's it's the how. And I think for me, one of the things is. If you want to focus on having living a healthier life or if you want to focus on getting more sleep or getting the job, your dreams of whatever it is, habits are so important, you know, and it's it's not about what you do. It's the small little things that you consistently do every day that will build up your routines. And I think for me, when I make good habits, that helps me on the days that I'm tired and I don't want to do it because my mind, my body and my mind will go into overdrive. So uh, I suppose, again, it's it's something that I've learned from sport is that like we used to always say, you focus on your performance, not the result. Because you can't always control fully yeah, the result. So results. focus on what you can control. So if somebody wants to lose lose weight don't focus on the end of how much weight you want to lose focus on setting yourself up every day correctly so you know focus on prepping your food the night before focus on you know getting that gym time in at whatever time of the day suits you it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning it could be on your lunch break but it's finding when it works for you and then consistently keeping to that part that process because what I found is when I worry too much about the outcome and when I worry too much I mean I mightn't be able to control that you know so you know it takes a little bit of pressure off you mm -hmm. but I can control what I do every day to try and get to that outcome and I think that's one of the biggest things and look habits start tiny if you want to get into the habit of starting to floss your teeth at night start with one tooth you know, don't be worrying about the whole lot of them because if we have to drastically change our, our schedule our routine 
we might do it for two weeks, but we're far less likely to keep at it. Whereas, in, again, same with healthy eating. If you want to get on the kind of bandwagon, maybe it's just cutting out fizzy drinks. Maybe you don't do anything else. You don't change anything else. You're just changing that. And then you're building on it and you're building on it because you're far less likely to become overwhelmed if you start small and work big. So I think, yeah, habits is, is massive. Okay, so tip number one, habits, focus on what you can control. Start with the smaller ones and they become bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, forget about the end result. Just focus on the now and the moment and what yeah. you can control. Okay. Um, being kinder to yourself. Oh, I like it is so important and I, I live this don't get me wrong everybody like there are days that I'm so hard on myself and I'm like oh my god you didn't get this done and you didn't get all this work done that you'd written down your to-do list and I've like I said I've loads of to-do lists but what I've started saying to myself and I said it recently to a group is would you talk to your best friend like that or your sister or your parent and if if you wouldn't then why are you talking to yourself like that we all put ourselves down so much in our minds and then we wonder why you know our confidence isn't where it should be because you know, the the most important voice is the one that's in your head. And it's kind of like that idea of whether you think you can or you can't, often it's true. So if you're telling yourself you're not going to lose that weight or you're not going to get that job and you keep telling yourself enough, you will start to believe that voice. Or you're not going to love running. Exactly. Oh my God, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know what, it's funny you say that because I know I said to you off air that um, I, I recently took up, for people listening, I took up running this year and a friend of mine, Joe O'Connor, um, you'd probably know Joe. Yeah, he's the a good guy. Um, Joe used to be a runner and I was laughing saying, how can I run around a camogie pitch for, you know, 70 minutes and be okay with it? But then I, f- I struggled to go for a run in the evenings. And again, he's like, well, what, are you, what is it you're doing? So he asked me to be very mindful when I started to run. And what I found was I was worrying too much about my pace and how far I was running and how fast I was running and my posture and, and my technique. what your watch is doing and what your, yeah. And all these apps yeah, and the yeah, map, yeah, map yeah. my run yeah. and all, how many calories am I burning and all this. So he said, just run. Stop worrying about all the stuff. Just run. Pick a point A and pick a point B and just run. And I was like, oh, God, that's crazy. What? No. And what I actually found is when I stripped everything away and I started running, I was like, oh, God, this is... And I wasn't worried about my breathing and the right techniques and I was just putting one foot in front of the other. I said, like, this is actually... You know, I, w- I won't say like extremely enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but it was enjoyable. It was more enjoyable than it had ever been before because I stripped away all that stuff. Yeah. So now I've built it up. I've ran for 50 minutes, mm-hmm. which for a lot of people is nothing, but for it's me is massive. Just running. And I couldn't tell you my pace. I couldn't tell you yeah. actually, I run to the Auris and I'm you know, and I'm like, oh, maybe that'll be my future house in years to come. Who knows? <laughs> and I run from my house to there and back again. I couldn't tell you the distance. But it's just even for me saying, oh, well, I feel I'm getting a little bit better. I feel I'm getting a little bit faster. I couldn't tell you for definite because I don't track it. Yep. But I come back and it really has given me like a like an outlet. I put a podcast in my ears. Sometimes, in fairness, the Real Hag podcast, you'll be delighted to know. And I just run. And what I'm kind of doing as well is I'm learning as I'm running. So I'm kind of doubling up because I sometimes struggle to sit down and read a book because I feel, oh, I could be doing something else with that time. Whereas now I'm like getting my exercise in, I'm I'm clearing my mind and I've kind of got a voice in the background giving me kind of healthy tips and stuff. And And I find it works for me. So I would say that to people. It's Sometimes trying things like that, just like reinforcing that one step at a time and just doing it for enjoyment, you know, because people, we're all, we're all, you know, so focused on comparing ourselves to other people. So that'd probably be my third point to stop comparing yourself to others because your chapter one is somebody else's chapter 20. So if you're going out running like me, if I was to compare myself to, you know, somebody that's been running their entire life, well then, you know, my times and, you know, my running technique would be way off. 
Whereas if you're just focusing what you're doing yourself and being proud of what you're doing, you know, we're all looking for the next thing. All I want is to get this job. And then we get this job. Well, okay, well, now I have the job, but all I want is this. And we're looking all the time, you mm-hmm. know, for something else. Whereas what I would say is, you know, and, and somebody said this to me recently and they were so right. So like, remember, go back to the time and remember the time that all you wanted was what you have now. And I was like, yeah, I get to work for myself. I get to work with people, variety of projects, working to help people as a coach, working in media, you know, have a house, can pay my rent every month, you know, have someone to put up with me in the evening. <laughs> you Congratulations. Know? And thank you very much. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm still, that lovely it's still weird wearing the ring. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, at least put my fingers on it five, <laughs> ten times a day, making sure it's still there. But you know what? Saying, yeah, you know what? You've, you've got to this point now and actually just taking that moment and breathing and saying, well done. Like, you know, mm-hmm. not sitting on your laurels and being too complacent because I think it's always really important to have goals. But sometimes stopping and checking in with those goals saying, you know, you have achieved some of them. Um, and that's really important because what you see on social media is somebody else's highlight reel. You do not see their behind the scenes. Never. And, you know, people don't see my my behind the scenes either where I have many meltdowns. But, yeah, you know, we all have those. And I think okay, we so all... be happy with what you have. Yeah, being kind to yourself I think is really important. Okay, great. Um... We've three so far. I'm going to ask you for two more. Okay, two more. Um, so habits, what you can control, mm-hmm. being kind to yourself, yeah, and then stop comparing yourself with others. Stop comparing yourself with others. Um, stop fearing failure. I'm going to put that in as number four because I think it's brilliant. I yeah. think. And just from chatting to you for the when you listen back to this, it's every bit of your story has been. Ah, not being afraid. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to dance. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to move to Dublin. And it's, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's got to be in there. And Cork people moving to Dublin, we don't like to do that very often because we've got a great county down there. My lovely Cork <laughs> wife moved to Dublin and it was, yeah, I, I hear you. Cork people yeah. don't move out of Cork very often. And Kev's often, a so. dub, so, you know. Oh, my, is he? Yeah, I just sit my dad down and break that one to him very gently. <laughs> but he works at the GA. So I think he was like, oh, can you get me tickets? So that was dad's kind of offsetting the Dublin thing like for it. can you get me match tickets? Uh, I one think more tip. The one more. Um, God. Wake up in the morning. What gets you going? You know what? Like I will. Well, like I think in the morning it's for me. Like the reason why I do what I do is I love the idea of being able to help people. I love being able to make an impact in someone's day. And I think one of my favorite quotes was um, Maya Angelou's one: "Is people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel." And we all have that one person that we love being around because they just fill you with such positive energy. But Equally, um, we all have those people that we know in our lives that suck the life out of us. And I, I, I disguise, I suppose, put people into two categories. You're either an energy train or you're an energy drain. And, you know, we all know the energy drains and the trains in our lives. And I suppose that leads me on to my fifth point. Surrounding yourself with people that either live the way you want to live or like how you make you feel about yourself. Because that's really important too. So, you know, I would say often with I'm working with people, I would say, look at your friendship group. And there's always one person, unfortunately, that's a bit of an energy drain. The person that will say on a Tuesday, oh God, I can't believe it's only Tuesday. I want it to be Friday. Or they're giving out about things. It's grand for you because. And I said, if you can't find that person in your friendship circle, it might be be you. (laughs) And I think, you know, for me, I always try and say to people, energy is something that introduces you before you open your mouth. So you make the choice if that's going to be a positive energy, if it's going to be a negative energy. Um, And I think following on from that, I need to be mindful of my energy now that I work for myself and I essentially am, you know, what people see when Mm -hmm. they want to, you know, work with me or... 
I am that person. So I have to have my energy high and I have to make sure that I mind my energy. And I suppose that energy management and both switching off and, and taking care of my well-being, like you're saying about those healthy tips. Am I practicing what I'm preaching? And if I'm not, well, you need to kind of hit the reset button. Like I said, people even on a computer. If a computer is turned on all day, every day, and it never switches off, it's not going to have a very long life. So we all have to kind of switch off and press the sleep button and reset. And I think if you do that, your energy will be more positive. And you'll find that people will be drawn to you. And, you know, they like spending time around you. And, and I try and surround myself with people that are like that. Look, we all have bad days. You can't be in great form all the time. I'd be worried if somebody <laughs> was, you know, smiling and unhappy 24-7. But for the most part, you'll you'll be a better person. Like They, they say that you are the, the product of the five people that you spend mm -hmm. your most time with. And thankfully, the people that I spend my most time with are people that just are really good to be around and if, if you do have people that you can't eliminate from your life say maybe if it's a family member or somebody just try and limit the time you have with them you know because you know they could be important to you but you know if you feel that they are sucking that energy out of you then directly after you meet them go and meet somebody that really fills you with that energy because I do you know what I think life is too short to to be worried about things that we can't control because too often on, a, on a, an idle Tuesday, something happens to you and it, it shakes you to the core. So when you can actually be happy and positive, try and focus on, on the stuff that you can do um, with the people that will help you do it rather than focusing on the stuff you can't do with people that are only delighted to say, I told you so. So yeah. Wow. That's it. <laughs> if you're not inspired or motivated or energised uh, from listening to Anna over the last 30 minutes, there's something wrong somewhere. <laughs> um, if people want to follow you, uh, find out more about you, where can yes. they? Where so, can, where can they? Uh, Obviously, they'll see you on screens fairly soon. Yes, we're, we're just finished filming Ireland's Fittest Family and my God, the new season is the best yet. Like, I would always say I'd be able to do that, but some of the courses this year, you know, and Donna Cal and I would be looking and just saying, I don't know, could I do that? <laughs> um, so people can follow me on all my social media. It's very easy. The username is the exact same. It's at Anna G Cork, A-N-N-A-G Cork, because I'm like, you know what? I don't have different usernames. It only confuse people. And um, yeah, I think for now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm finished exams, so I'm hoping to follow in your footsteps and, and qualifying as a personal trainer just Fantastic. because I want to bolster that knowledge with the performance coaching because so many people ask me around fitness and I think fitness is such a fundamental component of your health and it stems, you know, so much can stem from it. So, you know, I'm hoping to continue to kind of help people and maybe, you know, challenge myself a little bit more in, in the broadcasting realm. I've still so much to learn and I think that's great that I'm, you know, hopefully I'm not afraid to make mistakes along the way. God knows where you're going to be this time next year. <laughs> we'll you, see. There'll be another, there'll be another kind of uh, void to jump into feet first and immerse yeah, yourself. You know in. what? I think you have to do that too because my mentality is say yes to every opportunity unless there's a legitimate reason to say no. Love it. Anna Geary, thank you so much for Thanks, coming on Gary. today's Real Health Podcast. Folks, as ever, you can email us. It's realhealth at independent.ie. Um, today's Real Health Podcast has been fantastic and it's been an amazing guest uh, it's been super interesting some great tips and great energy to pull from it too so as ever that was today's Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare put those tips to use write them down make them visible and uh, go for it and I'll see you next week Slán Leia Healthcare it's good to live Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.